preacher When the story began Of the choice of a lady And the love of a man I loved her so dearly He went out of his mind When she left him for someone That she left behind It was the time of the Saturday After Drinking Hangover Podcasting Blues. Hi, welcome to Weekly Heroics. A two true freaks guide to heroes on TV, and uh, something a little different this week. Um, I apologize for this being way late. I thank you if you still listen to it, but it's just me solo this time, covering Preacher Cast season four. Scott, hi. The, by the way, if you haven't figured that out yet, season four, episode six, the Lost Apostle recap, and. We've started doing something different with our, uh, our our intro again, as you may have noticed. A little Willie Nelson from the first season, uh, Time of the Preacher. And part of the reason this podcast is so late, I'm going to squarely blame Willie Nelson because it's been kind of a busy summer. And a couple weeks ago, as of recording of this, we went to see Willie Nelson. And he took up a lot of time, eight-hour a uh, music festival, and I'm definitely too old for this shit, but it was a good time, and it took me this long to recover and finally record something for you. Also, we just had some scheduling problems, um, but we're going to cover this solo for you, do a quick recap, and pump it right out there, and then you're going to get the next late episode, just like days, if not minutes, after it's recorded. So here we go, for good or ill. <laughs> may, may preacher God forgive me for what I'm about to do. So we get a nice biblical uh, dramatization in this one, and and good old Abraham himself takes his son Isaac out of their hut, telling him that there are times in a man's life when he has to do things he doesn't want to do. His wife Sarah insists that he doesn't have to do it, but Abraham uh, puts Isaac on a rock and tells him that suffering is a part of life. Isaac agrees, and Abraham tells him that everything comes with a price, and he takes out a knife and prepares to sacrifice his son. But God appears and tells him to stay his hand. God tells Abraham that it was a test, of course, and he passed. And Abraham hugs God, uh, sobbing and saying that he loves him so much, and he, he was going to do it. He was really going to do it. Uh, those of you not biblically inclined, I don't know why you're watching the show if you're not, but um, yeah, long ago in a galaxy far, far away, uh, the, the Lord Jehovah told one of his servants that to prove his faith to him, he had to kill his own son. So we just got that. So that was nice and reminds us of uh, what an asshole that preacher God and sometimes other gods can be. <laughs> Yeah, send all your religious complaints to cheapscottproductions at uh, gmail.com. After replaying and rewatching uh, the movie scene several times, God is literally watching this, you know, on his little God screen. Uh, he turns off the TV and, and goes back to examining his diorama, and then he calls the hair star, asks if he's ready for phase two, which is to stir the hornet's nest and see who gets stung. 
God asks how Humperdue is doing, and Star, of course, hesit hesitantly says that they took him to get his feet waxed, and he's not available to talk. Or waxed or washed, I don't remember which. Uh, probably washed, because that's also a biblical thing. After a moment, God accepts Star's uh, story and says that they'll meet soon. Star makes a call and says to initiate phase two and escalate things. In New Zealand, if you'll remember... Uh, <laughs> The ambassador of New Zealand, uh, a couple episodes back, got himself uh, blown up by a grenade in a box. So now in New Zealand, an SUV-bearing government seal pulls up to a manor. Two security guards eye at and reach for their guns, and the driver gives them a rude gesture and drops a trunk out the back and drives off. The guards open the box and find the remains of the deputy prime minister inside. God tracks Jesse's movements towards the lost apostle and works on a model of a nu nuclear bomb. Tulip and Cassie take a freighter to Australia, drive off the boat, and then race through the streets. They're literally in Tulip's car uh, to the police station. They, they go inside, walk to the front desk, and demand to see the commissioner in charge. Constable Kylie Clancy tells him to fill out a form and wait until he's available. And you get some you know great Australian accents that you barely understand um, because of the dialects and stuff. Cassidy and Tulip say that they're Americans, and the officers are duly impressed, I guess. And you've just got to love Cassidy's American uh, accent through this whole thing. It's just brilliant. And once again, just give Joe Gilgan, like, all the freaking awards. And, uh, and Ruth Neck is awesome, too, always, always. So they take the duo to the Chief Commissioner Bradley Walker and Cassidy says that they botched up a three-year undercover operation against Jesse, you know, doing the you know, tough cop, and it's like, you stomped on my investigation thing. Walker tells them they had no idea Jesse was of interest to the Americans, and they demand everything they have on Jesse. Um, the commissioner says that Jesse is dead, and there is no case. They have a killer locked up downstairs. Tulip questions Eugene, who's the guy downstairs, who insists that he shot Jesse and his former friend is dead, and she doesn't believe him while Cassidy and Walker watch through a one-way mirror. Cassidy says that Eugene's a sweet kid, and Walker says all the evidence shows that Eugene killed Jesse, but they don't have the body. Meanwhile, Tulip tells Eugene that she'll know when Jesse is dead, and, and she doesn't know, and he's not dead. And Eugene says that Jesse is alive, he's even worse off, but refuses to say where he might be. <laughs> of course, we remember that he's uh, off traipsing around with a saint, and the saint cuts Jesse's chest and then blows on the blade, Hitting it red hot, he puts the blade on the cut. He takes out the bullet, sealing the wound, and uh, Jesse passes out from the pain. The saint looks up at the gnarled tree nearby and you know remembers similar things to uh, when he was, you know, back in season one and not yet uh, the hell's chief assassin. <laughs> Next morning, the saint uh, kicks Jesse awake and hauls him to his feet, and Jesse tries to use the voice on the saint, but it has no effect. The saint tells him that they're going to kill God and walks off, and Jesse follows him. And Masada, Jesus, and Hitler eat and argue about how they will separate the believers from the disbelievers uh, in the apocalypse. They argue, and Jesus threatens to shut down the apocalypse, but Star tells them that they will have an apocalypse. And it's already underway. Hitler realizes that they're escalating to set the world on fire, and Star promises that souls are coming in bulk. <laughs> They need to decide which souls go to heaven and which go to hell, and they should get back to work. Jesse warns the saint that he can't kill God, 
Uh, and the saint tells him he can. You know, this gun kills anything. And he's like, dude, I just shot through a planet, you know. Uh, when Jesse stops for a cigarette break, the saint tells him to come on, and Jesse refuses. The saint draws his guns and aims it at Jesse and repeats his order. Jesse tells him that God took his family as well, and he had a baby years ago in Dallas. And he says that he, he well, uh, they almost had a baby. And he says that he wants to know what all the suffering and commotion are about. And plans to ask God. And the saint lowers his uh, gun and Jesse figures that the saint wants him alive, so he's calling the shots. And he tells the saint to walk away and leave God to him. And the saint walks towards a nearby farmhouse as Jesse realizes what he intends. Tulip and Cassidy drive to the farmhouse and find a police officer uh, outside the house vomiting. They go inside and find the family strung up dead above their dining table. Tulip and Cassidy quickly drive off so they're not found there. Figuring they just missed the saint, Tulip breaks the car when they come to a dead end in the highway with the outback beyond. The two Australian guards on watch are at the gate to the Lost Apostle uh, National Park and see a truck approaching while the announcer on the radio talks about a war between Australia and New Zealand brewing because of the deputy uh, prime minister's death. One of the passengers shoots a guard dead and the other one drives aside as the truck bursts through the gate carrying a nuclear bomb in the back. So you just got to appreciate the hilarity of um, kicking off the apocalypse by getting Australia and New Zealand to go to war together. Clever shit, guys. Uh, <laughs> um, Jesse and the Saint continue through the outback, and an exhausted Jesse finally takes a break. He offers the Saint a cigarette, and the Saint grabs him and yanks him up. And Jesse grabs his uh, 44s from the Saint and pulls the triggers, but they don't fire. Uh, he tries to pistol whip the Saint, who shrugs off the blows and holds out his hands for his guns. And Jesse hands him over and says he'll die before letting the saint kill God. And the saint smiles and holsters his gun. And, and they continue on. Tulip and Cass stop at a diner to check on the map where they are. Um, they can't come up with a better plan than driving around until they find Jesse. And finds one road on the map uh, that goes to the apostle. Cassidy asks about the letter and points out that she never said uh, what was in it. You know, Jesse's uh, letter to Tulip. And she says that she didn't read it because there was no point. Cassidy offers to read it, figuring Tulip has it, and says that he'll skim the personal stuff and then see if there's any clues to where Jesse was going. Tulip finally hands the letter over, and Cassidy reads it, and he finally hands it back and says that he, it won't help them find Jesse, and she takes it and goes outside. She sees an old RV outside near a nearby house. Going over, Tulip hears music coming from it. She calls to the owner but gets no response and goes inside. And Cassie snaps at the waitress and asks for drugs. And the waitress tells him there might be some fire retardant in the back, but she doesn't really have any crack on her at the moment. Tulip checks the RV and finds God's dog suit. And she recognizes and realizes who owns the RV and finds the diorama representing Jesse's last few years. There are figurines of Jesse and God confronting each other as well as a model of the RV. And there's a postcard of the lost apostle and Tulip walks out calling for Cassidy while God watches from the closet. Cassidy is done sniffing fire to retardant and Tulip finds him and says that Jesse is going to meet God at the lost apostle. She notices the fire retardant around his nose and he explains what it is. And uh, He tells her they don't need roads to the lost apostle and points out a nearby plane. 
Her star gets a call and runs to take, and he tells Jesus and Hitler that he's going to Australia. And his star goes, tells Hoover, Hoover too, uh, that when he gets back, he'll be quite attractive. So he gets a call from God, essentially saying, okay, yep, well, we're going to seal the deal. I'm going to fix your face and everything in your ear, your head. And, uh, you know, but you got to come here to Australia to, to have it done. Jesse and the saint continue through the outback and a plane flies overhead. Jesse sees it and tells the saint that somebody, someday he's going to be more mad at Jesse. And tells the saint that without him, God gets away with it. Tulip brings the plane down and uh, Cassie dumps fire retardant on the saint to blind him. And the plane comes down lower and Jesse runs up to catch up with it and then gets in. And Tulip flies off, the, flies the plane off and the saint screams in frustration. So Jesse uh, greets Cassidy and Tulip, and Tulip kind of ignores him. He figures she's still mad at him. Cassidy tells Jesse that she'll come around. Cassidy wants Jesse to have God explain the Big Lebowski, of course, important stuff. And Tulip smiles as she hears them chuckle together. Nice little brief reunion of the three of our main characters. It's a Cassidy and, and Jesse together are always like the best part and Cassidy's just like so desperately just wants his, his best mate back I think Grail operatives arm the nuclear bomb nuclear 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 there we go mouth works now an Australian tourist walks up and they explain that it's a nuclear bomb and they're from New Zealand and the tourist doesn't believe them and one of them shoots him dead and the operatives go back to work Star arrives at the Lost Apostle and tells God that Phase 2 is in place and awaits his command. The Star asks about his reward for bringing Jesse to God, and God assures him that he'll have his beauty. He asks how Humperdoo is, and Star says he's in rehearsal for the big show. God glares at him, and Star realizes he knows that he, you know, he's been lying to him this whole time. And Star insists that Jesse broke Humperdoo out and they'll find him. And God insists that he loves that kid. You know, I love that kid. The dingo runs up, and God explains it's one of his hardier uh, creations, and gives a little exposition, and then suddenly it leaps on the star's crotch, and God describes how it disables its prey by ripping out whatever it can reach. At this, uh, In this case, uh, penis and testicles, apparently. And God tells star never to cross him again, and sips his coffee. <laughs> yeah. It's too much body damage to that edge of the uh, that area of the uh, the body this season so far preacher just saying it's it's hurting us right in the spine as men folk <laughs> tulip flies to the lost apostle and sees god and he sees the plane jesse finds a postcard and Cassidy explains that they found it in the rv and they realize it's a trap just as the nuclear bomb explodes and the shock wave sweeps over the plane the hatch goes flying and jesse falls out and Cassidy manages to grab his arm, but of course his uh, arm is burning off in the sunlight and pieces of the plane are breaking off. Jesse tells Cassidy just to let him go and get Tulip to read the letter. When Cassidy refuses to let go, Jesse uses the voice on him and the vampire releases his grip. Tulip gets the plane under control and turns to Cassidy and realizes that they lost Jesse. Slamming into the ground, Jesse lies dead to end our episode. And uh, that, that last scene is very ripped right out of the comics too so uh, well done um, producers of Preacher for giving us that one and some uh, just amazing stuff this episode um, really packed a lot 
a plot into this and, and we're getting near the end here. So I guess that's necessary, but yes, the, uh, the fuse has been lit with a nuclear war between New Zealand and Australia. So that's going to be fun to check out. So not much more to say about this one, but, uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. And I'm, I'm sure my other recording partners probably did too. I'll, I'll hit on Pat a little bit. Uh, you know, when we record, and ask him his opinion of this one too. But uh, just going to wrap it up. Quick little like 15, 20 minute podcast here for you. So enjoy the new musical opening and um, be back at you next week, which is a relative thing, but you already know that. Bye now. Cried like a baby. Scream like a panther in the middle of the night. Saddled his pony He went for a ride It was a time of the preacher In the year of 01 Now the preaching is over And the lesson's begun